Church, how are we? Good morning. How are we? Everyone? Good, thank you. Um, so, uh, I'm not Scott, if you couldn't tell. I'm a little taller. Um, my name is Brent Baldwin. I, I haven't been up here in a while. I feel like I actually have to like introduce myself. Uh, I, my name is Brent Baldwin. I'm one of the associate pastors here at Rock Bible Church. I'm in charge of the small groups and as well as the kids' ministry. Um, so if you want any information on those things, you can, uh, come talk to me after service. And I, uh, I would want to welcome all of you to Rock Bible Church. We're a Christ-centered, compelling, casual community. We're, we're Christ-centered, biblically-based, compelling, casual community. We are compelling ourselves and others to Christ in casual ways that welcome all to worship, being a community that serves the greater community. Good job, right? It took me a second or two to get it's second service, you know, laid back, right? Uh, uh, so I'm super excited about today's sermon, but I have to give you a little bit of a warning because uh, it's going to be a weird one. one. One, because I'm a weird guy. Two, this is not your common sermon uh, that we do at Rock Bible Church. So if this is your first time here, if you're listening for the first time on Facebook, there's a bunch of people listening on Facebook. I found that out a couple weeks ago. It's kind of crazy. And uh, the the on the online, on the, on the interwebs, if you're on that, um, just know that you probably come back next week. Uh, our our fear Fearless leader is going to be back and in uh, full force. Uh, we got ushers coming forward with Bibles, bulletins, pens, anything you need. Uh, you can get in contact with them. Uh, I'm super excited. Something happened this morning that hasn't happened in a while. And uh, about this song specifically, it's a song that we sang. It's how he loves us, right? God spoke to me and it was really cool. And uh, I got to tell you, I'm kind of like a dog because when I get something new and fun and exciting, I want to share it with everyone and I'm up here. So I might as well share it with everyone. So uh, it's this statement right here. And like, it's a great song. You guys probably heard of, I probably heard this song a hundred times no joke, a lot, right? I've heard this song. This statement, though, kind of came out to me this morning. It says, I don't have time to maintain these regrets when I think about the way he loves us, he loves us, oh, how he loves us, right? Um, usually when I hear that song, I'm just like, wow, it's so great that God loves us, right? And it's like, it's done, right? That's all my brain can't go any deeper. I'm just like, wow, it's so great. Today, I was sitting there and I was thinking, wow, um, he loves us so much that we can't have regrets. We don't have time for regrets. Um, it's really cool. Uh, I'm getting old. Huh. Well, that's not the cool part. But like, I'm at this stage in my life where I can look back and I can say, wow, I have a lot of regrets in my life. There are bad decisions that I've made, right? <laughs> uh, there's times where I look back and I say, man, like, I wish... I just took my life serious when I was in high school, when I was in middle school, when I was younger, right? I wish I learned another language so I can go to Mexico and actually speak to people and not just order a taco because that's all I know how to do in Spanish, right? Uh, I wish I could do all those things and we can get depressed sometimes. Uh, my regrets are probably different than your regrets, but it's all the same. We all understand because of this, we don't have time to maintain those regrets. Uh, during first service, I was talking about that. During second service, I was thinking, we don't have time to maintain it. It's work to keep up with, with regrets. It is. I sit there and I think about it. I practice what my life could look like if this happened, if that happened, and the other thing, and the other thing. And then... What happens, what should eventually happen, it doesn't always, because I'm sinful and I mess up, but hopefully what happens is I eventually I get to the point where I'm in the present, I look at my life and I say, wow, God is good. 
I, all of these things happened and I'm here. Wow. I'm living in Pleasanton. Whoa. That's weird, right? Uh, it's expensive living in Pleasanton. I don't know if you guys know this, but it's expensive. And, um, and, and we're somehow we're here. Somehow I'm on this stage right now preaching to you guys. That's nuts. And why is that even possible? It's because God loves us. It doesn't matter where you are in life. It doesn't matter what you're struggling, what you're dealing This isn't even the sermon. Get ready for the sermon. It doesn't matter what you're dealing with. Uh, it, it's all about the regret. It's not about the regrets. It's about his love. Forget about what could be and focus on what is. How did you get here? God. God alone. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm excited. Woo! All right. So today, um, I, like I said, it's a weird sermon. I wanted to start off by telling you guys about my last few weeks, right? I've had a couple of weeks that have been crazy and I want to share them with you because I am one of the only people that can give you uh, the type of perspective that I have. I'm the only person that can give you my perspective, but the type of perspective I have. And a couple of weeks ago, we went to Mexico. Fantastic, fantastic, fantastic trip. This is my second time going and um it, it, it only gets better. You know, the first time you go to Mexico, it's crazy. There's vans. There's like a hundred people. You got to get on. You're going, there's passports and like all this stuff happened. And it, it, it the week is almost a blur, right? Second week, everything kind of goes slower. It seems like you kind of enjoy things. Um, I got to talk to like the interns that work there more. I got to kind of see more of the ins and outs of everything. Um, if you don't know, if you haven't been on the trip or if you've missed the updates, we uh, did a couple really cool things. We did a lot of cool things this trip, but the first thing we did was we get to build a house for a family. Uh, I was on that job site, and uh, the the house that we were on uh, had three kids, I'm thinking, um, and uh, we built them a house. Another team went to the house we built last year and expanded on that house, um, so it's a three bedroom house, uh, pretty close to half the size of the stage, right? So we get to come back and literally double it. So they actually have a house that's livable and, and, and how we, uh, tell if, uh, that family needs that is if, uh, you know, if they have big enough family size, if they've taken care of that house, if they actually invested in the house and they don't just run it down and put holes in the walls and don't fix them and la de la de la. So we actually got to come back to the, the family that we saw last year and expand their house. And a third project that we've been doing, if you haven't seen the pictures, you really should. On the back, the rock wall, on the way out, you could check it out. We were actually building a school uh, we were helping build a school. It's a, it's a, it's a monster of a building, right? Um, and, uh, we got to invest some time into that in Mexico. Um, you do have to get some sort of education, you know, like in America, in America, you're supposed to get high school education, right? In Mexico, it's, I think third grade. So that affects everything, right? That affects, um, you know, the economy that affects the people that affects religion, even affects everything, right? So it was great to come in there and kind of see, I, we didn't get to see it until the last day, but see the progress that is happening. And we got to meet those kids and they uh, actually, uh, they put notes for our church, uh, in Spanish. So if you speak Spanish, if you don't ask people and maybe someone could speak Spanish for you, it's not me. Right. Uh, and, and they wrote notes for, 
Um, I think it was the uh, the Church of the Rock in the Bible. That's the, the translation issues. But it was it was really cool to meet them, and they're so excited to learn. Right? Um, it was just a great time at my job site. There was a the oldest son came up from his first job. We just got there at like nine or ten in the morning. He's sixteen. He he changed, you know, and he's like, "Oh, I'm off to go to my second job." Um, and I'm just sitting there like, "Wow, this kid." Is amazing, right? Lesson for me, I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, we expect so little out of our high schoolers, out of our junior hires, out of our kids. We, we expect, I expect that they're, they're good at playing video games and eating a lot of food. And I was, I was pretty good at that. And, and um, that's it, right? But I saw a kid literally get up whenever, work a full job, get back at 10 because everyone else is quitting because it's too hot. He starts his second job to provide for his family, not to waste his money on video games or songs or music or girlfriends or whatever, just to provide for his family, right? Um, So that was Mexico. That was fantastic. We're driving home. Uh, My van gets a flat tire, which, of course. Um, But everything's okay. Everything is fine. We got over, fixed in 20 minutes, right? We got back on the road. We got home late. Uh, and, uh, we turned around 18 hours later and, uh, me and a couple of the other people are going to summer camp, uh, 18 hours later. Yeah, it was fun. It was like, dump everything out, dump it into the laundromat and then, you know, put it back in, uh, pretty tiring, but it was a great experience for junior hires and high schoolers. Uh, the speaker, his name was Damien. He was fantastic. Um, there's a term it's called, uh, being extra. Like it's, it kind of just sounds what it is. You're like, you're super extra everything. Like you're jumpy, you're running around this guy literally and it's hot. It was like a hundred degrees there. He's wearing uh, a plaid shirt sprinting around the audience, right? Of like 200 people sprinting. And I'm sitting there like, okay, just slow down, <laughs> you know? Uh, Cause he was so excited about what uh, he had to tell these kids, right? Um, it was a great time. I don't use the term loosely. It was a revival. Like we had kids crying, praying with one another. We weren't, um, I just sat there, right? Jan and I were the leaders who like did the Mexico and um, the summer camp thing back to back. And we were just sitting there like, like this isn't us at all. Like we don't have energy. We're tired, uh, you know, like losing our cool and all this stuff. And just, we let God do it. Right. And God did it. It was amazing. Um, we didn't force kids to pray with one another, but they were doing it. We didn't force emotion upon them, but they were crying and sharing stories. And it was just a great time, right? Why do I tell you these stories? Well, one, I want to keep the church updated Two, Um, I challenge you guys. Um, I, I said this first service, right? I don't know anyone who didn't go to Mexico because they didn't want to go. So I'm not going to say that, right? But if you didn't go to Mexico because you didn't want to, if you didn't have your kids go to summer camp because you didn't want them to, um, they missed out, you missed out. Uh, God was in both places big time. And it was a, uh, it was a good, good time, right? Well, if you have been with us lately, last couple of weeks, um, we, oh, Shame on me. So the the cool the, the coolest thing I don't know if you saw this in the bulletin, right? Um, 
we get back and Jody and Giuseppe had their baby, right? Super healthy. Kid's amazing. He's just like his dad. He sleeps and eats and that's it, right? And poops, right? It was just, it was amazing to see him. I saw him last night for a couple hours and the kid just slept the entire time. It was so cool seeing him. Um, pray for them. Like nothing's going on, just like first time babies. So that's like, it's really hard, right? <laughs> They're like figuring that out, right? Like, I don't know. But uh, so I come in, I'm like, oh, it's so much fun to have a baby. And they're like, uh-huh. right. Um, so uh, just pray for them when you get a second. Um, we have been in the book of Romans. So I'm going to explain what we usually do here. Uh, we've been in the book of Romans and we just take it chapter by chapter by chapter. We dissect it slowly and then talk about the implications for our lives, right? We talked two weeks ago, we did Romans 8. A week ago, we did Romans 9. So obviously today we're going to do Ephesians 2 and because um, that's the, the logical thing. Um, the cool part, the reason why we're doing Ephesians 2 is that summer at Rock Bubble Church is not over. Uh, we have, in my opinion, my completely unbiased opinion, we have the coolest event coming up. We have Camp Rock in less than a month, and uh, it's going to be great, and everything's going to work. Nothing's going to break apart or anything like that, but it's going to be fantastic. Um, last year... At Camp Rock, we did a, uh, a theme called Scar Force. It was a take on Star Wars type of thing. And it was great. Uh, kids learned Colossians 3.10, I think it was. about We learned about the dominion of darkness and how there's a good side and, and there's a light side and, and there's a war. There's an actual war going on, you know, different than the war that we see in the movies, but there's a war going on. It's a spiritual war. And kids gave their life to Christ and it was amazing. And, um, I have to admit to you, I blew it, right? I, uh, there was part of me who w- was sitting there super excited and everyone's like, we're all on board. Everyone's here. Everyone knows what's going on. And then a couple weeks after, uh, I started hearing people say like, oh, what does Star Wars have to do with the Bible? Like, what is, you know, like uh, kids are learning about violence and lots and this and the other thing. And that was completely my fault, right? Because I didn't share how Star Wars tied into the Bible, logically. Uh, And I don't want that to happen. So today we're going to talk about Camp Rock this year and and what it's all about. If you have driven by the church and parked, uh, hopefully you saw the banners, right? Uh, The theme this year is Truassic Park. It's like Jurassic Park without all those uh, fancy copyright lawsuits and stuff like that. Um, All about dinosaurs, What kid doesn't like dinosaurs, right? I'm sitting there, I'm asking kids like in between services, like, what's your favorite dinosaur? What's your favorite dinosaur? You know, super important, great topic, right? How does it tie into the Bible? Well, first I want to share why dinosaurs is an important part of my life, right? And that might seem silly, but I want to share it with you. Um, When I was a kid, my very first VHS, that's right, VHS uh, tape was kids ask your parents what that is and right um vhs tape was one of the greatest dinosaur movies of all time any guesses land before time right land before time i love that movie watched it uh, a thousand times probably you know all of them and it was just it was a fantastic movie that was one of the things that like shaped my childhood i had a bucket of dinosaurs and it was like this is great i love it um and then i grew up and i was like uh i can't remember the exact age i was between like 8 and 12 i was young right i was young uh my parents took me to my very first drive-in movie right you remember those 
we we had the sweet suburban with like the huge open cargo back that we like laid uh all the sleeping bags and pillows in and we watched my very first drive-in movie Jurassic Park and and I was young and it was great and it scared me but I loved it and I was sitting there the entire time and my sister just fell asleep instantly because like I don't know and I was just sitting there I was like this is amazing I love it you plug in your your radio you go to a dial and you hear it in your car and you watch it on this huge screen right you don't ever have to leave your car it's fantastic uh you guys remember the scene it, it's like towards the end of the movie uh, spoiler alert for a movie that's 20 years old, I guess. There's like, they, they're running through the facility, right? And raptors are chasing after them. And they go through like vents and the kitchen scene and they're hiding. You guys remember that? I was scared, right? I'm sitting there, I'm like, because oh, I'm a kid. You don't have the common sense to be like, no, they're the main character. They're going to be okay, right? I'm, gonna, I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh, I can't handle it. I can't handle it. So I jump over all the bench sheets and I go in the front and drive in theaters. How this one worked, there was a theater here and here and here. And so I'm looking at the other theater and what do I see? The Shining. Yep. <laughs> really great movie, right? I don't get any audio. I'm just seeing this and I'm like, oh no, I'm just surrounded, surrounded. But you think that would like traumatize. I probably did, but you think it traumatized me and just make me hate dinosaurs forever. It probably made me love dinosaurs even more because it was scary and dangerous. Well, why does this have to do with Camp Rock? Okay. You ready? We're talking about creation, and when, when we're talking about creation, there is a lot of areas that we can talk about. Um, you might think, oh, creation. You're talking about creation. We're, what, why isn't it Genesis? We're talking about Ephesians. Why isn't it Genesis? Genesis is, you know, I, I know that. I didn't go to seminary, but I know that, right? Uh, you, you go and you could learn about the six days of creation and then like the one day of rest. That's not where we're going this year. Uh, in creation, you could talk about the image of God. What does that mean? We're all created in the image of God. What does that mean? Have you ever thought about it? Is God a, a physical being that we kind of look like? Well, we're not going there. Uh, what I wanted to go, something that's very important, I believe, is how does our relationship with Christ be affected in creation? So uh, that's, that's what leads us to Ephesians 2. So if you've got your Bibles, you can open up your phones. You could turn to it on your phone, I guess, or whatever, however you do it. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. Um, very important, very um, famous verse. Uh, it says, for by grace you have been saved through, fa- uh, through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. For we are, wi- for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God per, uh, prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. Wrap it up. We're done, right? No, sorry. We got another hour. Um, so uh, we, we, have, we have these short three verses. Why so short? Well, um, as I said, last year we, we learned about Colossians. I, I would say we had, uh, we had about 70 kids on this campus. 90% of them learned three to four verses last year. Um, remarkable, right? Not easy for anyone to do, especially not kids, right? This year, I'm challenging to learn that verse, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, that talks about, not explicitly, but, but uh, through uh, why are we here? 
In creation, why are we here? So if you look at your bulletins, if, you, if you're a note taker, you don't have to be a note taker. Um, there are four points, and those four points are related to the five days of Camp Rock. There, one of the points is probably going to take two days because of time and whatnot. So point number one and uh, day number one is God has craftedly created us. Uh, Ephesians 2 says, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Uh, another very famous uh, book, uh, passage of scripture, John 1, 1 through 3, says, in the beginning was God, or in the, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Um, this is the beginning of our relationship with Christ. Why? Because it is at the very beginning of time that our relationship starts with him. I have a very important question. It should be pretty easy. Are Christians made by God? Yes. Are atheists made by God? A little bit weirder, right? Are Muslims made by God? Straight people, gay people, transgender people, right? All these people are made by God. It is a simple fact. It doesn't matter if you acknowledge it. It doesn't matter if you recognize it. If you believe him and even exists, you are made by God, right? Um, I don't know if you're, my mom never did this, right? But your mom maybe did. She pulled like the labor card on you when you didn't do your chores. You know that one? It's like, oh, labor for 48 hours and you're not going to do dishes, right? Oh, gave birth to you and you're not going to clean your room. My mom never did that. She's probably listening right now. I know mom, right? Uh, my buddy growing up did that. I went to his house the very first time uh, she pulled that card on him, right? I'm sitting there and I was like, that's weird. Is that weird? And he's like, no, she does this all the time. Years later, we find out his birth was super easy. It was like a couple hours, no big deal. She just wanted something on him. He doesn't remember, right? Like he doesn't know, right? Um, so you're, you, did your dad and your mom create you? Yes, but in the Bible, you kind of get this beautiful image of um, a woman kind of almost being a vessel that God is creating the baby inside of. He's, he's knitting the baby together. And you're just sitting there uh, being the recipient. And, and I'm not saying that as a, in a demeaning way because it really is fantastic. If you think about it, God has chosen you to make something inside of you. And that's really cool, right? Um, it, you have been craftedly created by Christ, right? Um, a lot of people refuse that right? For whatever reason. And that's sad. It really is. Because at the very beginning, no matter what, if you believe that you were purposefully created, that gives you a purpose, right? Um, I don't know of, um, I know of a few, but not um, you know, listening any names or anything like that. But there are people in my life who were happy accidents, right? Does everyone understand what that means, right? Their parents didn't plan it. Their purpose is not reliant upon their parents practicing. That was a lot of peace, right? Their purpose is not reliant on their parents planning. And that is a beautiful thing. If you, at the very core of who you are, at the very core of what you believe about yourself, if you believe you were an accident, what does that leave you with? Depressing. I don't know where you can end up being good, you know? 
But if you believe that not only your parents, you know, actually, but God created you, knitted together with a purpose, how can you end up getting bad from that? You right? So that was day one. Day two, God has sacrificially saved us. There is a very sad belief, and I've touched on it sort of a little bit, but there's a very sad belief, and it's not biblical, that um, people believe that God created the world and backed off, right? He created you and then just backed off, and he's off in heaven a bajillion light years away doing his own thing, and eventually he came back and saved you, right? Um, still sort of sad, but it is wonderful. If that was the only God we had, it would still be wonderful. Why? Because he's not the God that leaves you. He's not the God that forsakes you. He's the God that actually physically came down out of heaven and saved you. The most famous verse of the Bible, I think, John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only, uh, his only son, that uh, whoever believes in him shall not perish, should not perish. I'm Lutheran. I grew up Lutheran. Could you tell? There's a lot of shalls, shoulds, right? Should not perish, but have eternal life, right? Um, Very simple. You are loved by God, period. Did you earn it? No, you're loved by God. Do you deserve it? No, you're loved by God. Going back to the uh, Oh How He Loves Us song. We don't have time. Why? He loves us. We have to keep moving. Why? Because he loves us. Now, our relationship with Christ, if you've been paying attention, you might have assumed that there's a God, and he's very back here. And if this is the only sermon you ever hear, you probably would assume that God's a very away God so far, and he he created you, and then backed off, and then saved you and backed off. Now we're going to get to the very practical nature of God, the day-to-day nature of God. So point number three— Day number three and four, probably, is God has masterfully molded us. For uh, Ephesians 2, for we are God's uh, workmanship. Another version of the Bible, I thought it was NASB, but it's not, uh, according to the first service, because I was wrong. Uh, It says, for we are his masterpiece, right? Taking it back to that um, infant tile stage when you're in your mother's womb, right? God is working on you. And that is a wonderful, wonderful thing. Um, this takes creation and makes it practical, right? Um, one of the, uh, uh, it's, it's one of the coolest Bible, uh, books of the Bible, that's right, is, is the book of Jeremiah. If you haven't read it, I really do suggest it. Jeremiah is, um, he's a prophet, right? To put it very, very simple, that means that Jeremiah is a preacher. He's sent somewhere to say something, right? Jeremiah is sent to the people of God to say something. And in God's calling, he sends Jeremiah to a potter's house, right? So a house where a potter lives, he works with clay. And once he gets there, the potter is holding a spoiled jar, right? So that's where we are in Jeremiah 18, four through six. It says, and the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand. And he reworked it into another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to do. Then the word of the Lord came to me, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as the potter has done, declares the Lord. 
Behold, like the clay in the potter's hands, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. If um, I'm, I'm not uh, an expert on art, right? I don't pretend to be. But if, um, if we were all to pick up and go to some sort of an art museum, we would appreciate it. We would say, this one's good. And the epitome of my art critique, uh, this art is bad, right? This one's good. This one's bad. That one's, I don't understand what that one is, right? Um, but that's all I can do. Uh, I don't think in the history of mankind, anyone has looked at the canvas and looked at the artist and said, you wronged the canvas, right? You are unfair to the canvas. You were unfair to the pot. That pot needed to hold candles, but you made it hold water. You made it hold wine. You made it hold whatever. Shame on you. No one does that, right? And yet we do the same thing with God all the time, right? We look at ourselves, how God has created us, how God has molded us, molded us, and just said, God, you're wrong. I was destined for this, This guy over here, that's what I'm supposed to be like. Unfair. You made me like this. Um, The the summer camp that we went on, as I I said earlier, was called Inked. So um, the tattoo ink, right? The idea was that for years and possibly decades, the world and ourselves has um, inked certain words or phrases or beliefs on our own heart, right? So um, we have said we're fat. We have said we're not worth it. We've said we are um, challenged or, or not good enough or unaccepted or whatever have you. The idea of the entire camp was recognizing those things and then erasing them and, and start the progress, start the process of start writing what the Bible says about us, what God views us as, right? Um, the speaker, Damien, Love the dude. He's coming back next year, which is fantastic, right? Um, he brought up, one of the days, he brought up a box of puzzles, right? A box of a puzzle box, right? It wasn't made or anything like that. He opened it up, and, he, and, and the, throughout the entire week, he was sharing experiences and all this stuff. And he opened it up and said, basically, this is how I viewed my life uh, before I met Christ. He would pick up a piece of puzzle, and he said, this is a broken piece, isolated. And this is my experience. This is when my mom's house burned down and he put it back and he said, this is when I got fired from a job and, and they're not all bad. They're, they're good too. This is when my, uh, I, mar- I got married. This is when my first kid was born. My second kid was born. This is when I got to speak at camp, right? All these puzzle pieces broken because at the end of the day, we're broken, right? With Christ, however, they are shaped. They're molded. No puzzle piece comes with random pieces that don't fit together. There's a beautiful image of ice cream, the puzzle that he had. There's a beautiful image that is made when you put the whole puzzle together, right? And we miss that. We honestly do. We get in our little box. We get in our little worldview and forget that there is something huge going on and only the creator can see it, right? Um, so that's, that's day three and four. And uh, day five, most likely, is why is kind of the summing up day. Why did he do all these things? Why did he create us? Why did he mold us? Why did he save us? Well, it's for a practical purpose, right? Um, 
in the in the verse it says, uh, "For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them." Why are you here on this planet? Right. According to this verse, one of the reasons why you're here on this planet is to do good works. Jeremiah, uh, going back to Jeremiah, this is before the potter's house. This is way before. Um, God is initially talking to Jeremiah, talking, like verbally talking to Jeremiah. And Jeremiah, uh, God calls him to be a prophet. And Jeremiah says, I can't. Um, I'm too young. I, I don't speak good. And I can't do it, right? Jeremiah, uh, God says this. He said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Let's look at Jeremiah's life. Let's look at that statement. Is Jeremiah ready? God says yes. He looks at his life and says, you are a prophet. I am your creator and I'm saying you are this. Right? You are a prophet, and here's why. When I, when, even before you were born, I designed you, I created you, I've been molding you to do this. Right? The, the explanation of why Jeremiah is ready, it's, it, it's not because of what he does. It's not how good he is. It's not about his past experiences. It is simply because that's how the creator molded and created him. Now, can we get personal? We do the same thing that Jeremiah is doing. We may not be a prophet. We may not be too young. We may not um, deal with language or whatever. But it's something else. God, I can't go to Mexico because I don't speak Spanish. And like I said, I don't know anybody, so I could just say whatever I want. right? God, I can't do this. Because I'm not good enough. God, I'm not, I, I can't speak in front of people because I get stage fright. <laughs> what does God say? What do you mean? I created you to do this. I molded you. I saved you to do this. What do you mean you're not ready? Who knows better, the creator or the vessel, right? If, if we can add a little, uh, if we can make this a little cartoony, right? Think about, think about a, a jar saying, I can't hold water. I'm just not ready. <laughs> the, the, the potter is sitting there just saying like, all right, I'm going to pour water in you. And he's just darts, darts away. It's silly. It really is. Yet we do the same thing with God all the time. If you read that, if you read Ephesians 2 um, and look at what we have to do, it almost seems like our job is easy. We are given the tools. We are created for a specific purpose. We are molded for that purpose. We are saved for that purpose. We just got to do it. Um, I love working with kids. It's fantastic. One of my little joys I have is giving them a little job to do and just seeing their eyes just be like, how do I do it? Right. I'd be like, all right, you guys took out all the blocks. Now put them away. Right. And they're like, 
How? I don't know. No. And then they walk away. What do you mean you don't know? You took them out. It's the same thing. Just put them back in, right? Like you made the match. Just go like that a couple times and it's clean. And I feel like a lot of times God is doing that with us. We're sitting there and saying, we don't have enough. We can't do it. Uh, why are you expecting me to do this? You know my current life situation. He says, what? What are you talking about? I've created you to be right where you are right now for a specific purpose. You are ready. And we complain about our regrets. It's insanity. It really is. Um, why do I feel like uh, speaking about this to children is so important? Well, I feel like um, kids, I don't feel it's, it's, it's proven. Every, I mean, everyone knows it. You're all going to agree. Um, kids live in a world that is based around them. They live in a universe that is based around them. Everything that happens, everything they experience, everything they, they feel, they touch is all about them. Their toys are better because it's their toys. Their teacher is better because it's their teacher, right? Their house, their parents, everything they have is better because it's theirs, Right? Everything they, they experience is revolving around them. My goal is to begin the very long process of um, changing that perspective into something that isn't revolving around them. It's revolving around God. My hope for today, and it is as it is every other day because I'm a teaching pastor, one, one of the teaching pastors here at Rock Bible Church, is that we don't exclude ourselves simply because it's a message meant for kids. We don't exclude ourselves simply because you're the one preaching. Um, God, the overarching theme of this, of your bulletin of the screen, the overarching theme is that God wants to be in a relationship with you. God wants to deepen that relationship with you. No matter where you are, no matter how you view God or see God or have experienced God, God wants to have a personal relationship with you. And if you've already got it, God wants to deepen that relationship with you. Um, I seem, I don't know, it's, it's probably coincidental, but like it seems like I'm always on for communion Sundays. And I'm actually, I love it because communion is really great. Um, communion fits perfectly into today right? Um, there, there's a reason why Jesus came down as creator. Jesus came down, right? Uh, he saved you. He continues to mold you for a practical purpose. And one of the beautiful aspects of a communion is it reminds us of that. We are here for a reason. We're not here to be self-sufficient. We're not here to only look at ourselves, only look at our own problems. We are, some, we are here for something greater. Uh, Jesus Christ came down. His body was broken. His blood was shed so that we can further our relationship with him. Communion is a reminder of that. So uh, I'm going to pray. But when you come up and you take the bread and you dip it in the cup, I, 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 my challenge is to you is to remember the price that was paid for the relationship. And that is a, uh, that's a big price, but that is a wonderful price. Dear God, I thank you so much for today. 
Thank you so much for um, the amazing things that happened so far during the summer. Pray for the amazing things that will happen this summer, God. Uh, 2017 summer at RBC was is truly a great time. God, I pray for communion. Father, I thank you uh, for the price that was paid. Pray for all these things in your name. Amen.